illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right half from the zone 25, goes back to throw and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right half. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, Ken into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Wojtnik, he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host, head chef, planner, and chief bottle washer, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me, as always, from the Heinrich Tailgater Northern Command Outpost, the lead driver and director of thermodynamic lipid immersion, my co-host and brother, the Beach. How the heck are you doing tonight, Beach? Uh, doing better, Billy. Sorry about last night. Fell asleep. <laughs> I know when I called you to try and get things going and you were like, ah, oh, Bill, I went to bed. I'm like, dude, sleep. We'll record tomorrow. <laughs> it's not easy in my world, but uh, but I'm pulling it through tonight. I'm actually in pretty good spirits. Good, good, good. So, you sound, you sound between... rested. I, I do. Well, after going through a cold over the weekend and having my, my other dilemma last weekend, which caused me to pass out and hit my head on the floor and get a broken nose and a couple black eyes, you know, I'm doing okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm feeling great. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't be better. Anyway, <laughs> not laying out, passed out on the shower floor with a pool of blood next to my face. So it's a good yeah, day. It's a good day. Yeah. <laughs> well, the purpose of a illegal participation is for us to spread our inside experiences and passion for the Oregon State Beavers with others, and just generally talk beaver sports, football, tailgating, and have some fun along the way. So, B, Joe, we're going to have a little beaver sports news. We're going to look at week 12. We're going to hand out a Tommy Tuberville Jackass of the Week award. We'll do our week 13, final week of the regular season uh, picks. And mm-hmm. then uh, we'll kind of talk about the uh, Washington Tailgater. And then to finish it up, do you have a Rosie Ruiz Cheaters and Horrors? Uh, yeah, a little bit of a Cheaters and Horrors, I cool. guess. Well, more, more of a whore than oh, a cheater. So, yeah. Well, we haven't had a whore in quite a while. So yeah. um, You can listen to us now on your iPhone or Android device on the Stitcher Radio app. Also, subscribe to us on iTunes. Remember, if you want to get in contact with us, there's a couple of ways. First, email HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter. It's at HeinrichTailgator. 
Also check out Heinrich Tailgater on Facebook. All right, Beej, you ready for a little Beaver Sports News? Yes, let's get into this, Billy. All right, we're going to be finishing up some of these fall sports here. Sophomore outside hitter, uh, first we're going to talk about women's volleyball. Sophomore outside hitter Mary-Kate Marshall buried 15 kills on a 448 hitting, but it was not enough to overcome the hot hitting of number two Washington Huskies as the Oregon State volleyball team fell in three sets last Wednesday night in a Pac-12 match at Gill Coliseum. Now, redshirt freshman outside hitter Lanisha Reagan picked up her second double-double in the past three matches, and sophomore outside hitter Mary-Kate Marshall posted 16 kills, but the Oregon State volleyball team fell behind in the match 2-0 before falling in four sets on Friday night to Washington State. The Beavs are now 5-23 overall, 3-15 in the Pac-12, and they close out their home slate with senior day in a match versus the Arizona Wildcats on Wednesday, November 25th at 7 p.m. and conclude the 2015 season on the road at Civil War with the Ducks on Friday at 8 p.m. So much like the football team, their hopes for their whole season will end with the hopefully a last game win. Beat the damn Ducks and everything's fine. It's it's amazing how that works. Mm -hmm. All is forgiven. You know, Pettibone lived with that theory. 91 and 93, baby. Ninety-one and ninety-three. All right, Beach. On to women's soccer. Eight Oregon State women's soccer players have earned Pac-12 All Academic honors. The conference announced last week. The group is headlined by first-team All Academic selection Bella Geist, who has recorded a 3.95 GPA as a biology major while also serving as the Beavers' starting goalie. Now, Geist has already begun her ascent up the Oregon State record books, ending her sophomore campaign fourth in school history with 211 career saves. Junior Annie Govig was named to the All-Academic second team, checking in with a 3.76 GPA as a sports and exercise science major. Senior Gwen Bike, or excuse me, Gwen Beck, Soft, uh, junior Sabrina Santa Rosa and sophomores Nikki Ferris, Natalie Higgins, Kayla Latham, and Emmy Rodriguez all earned Pac-12 All-Academic Honorable Mention. Sweet. Yep. So our girls' soccer team is smarter than your girls' soccer team. Well, at least right now. Yeah. Okay, Beach, on to men's soccer. The Oregon State sophomore Timmy Mueller has been named to the All-Pac-12 first team the conference announced last week. Mueller was joined amongst the All-Conference nods by second-teamer Jordan Drones and honorable mention Mikhail Dolis. Three Oregon State men's soccer players have made the Pac-12 All-Academic first team the conference uh, The conference office also announced last week. Senior Philip Van Beckram and sophomores Graham Smith and Timmy Mueller all earned the honor for the first time in their collegiate careers. How many students make it onto the first team? I mean, is it just like 10 players? I'm or? not sure, Beavs. I didn't look at all the names. I only looked at the Beavs. I'm just curious because it seems like we did well, but, I mean, it all depends on how many students are put on the yeah, list. True, true, true. So, Because, um, like, if like, – like, Everybody gets Well, like, if you're competing in a sport – and there's like only 12 other teams that compete in that sport, and you're mm-hmm. like in the top five, that's really not that good. Exactly. Because you're like, okay, I'm in the top five of 12. Mm-hmm. All right, B. John, to wrestling, the Oregon with it, What was that? Would that, would that be like a team like in Eugene for football? No, I'm talking a team in Eugene for like acrobatics and tumbling. Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay. All right, Beebs. The Oregon State wrestling team fell to number 15 Rutgers 
and to unranked Utah Valley at Gill Coliseum last Saturday in its home opener. The Beavs lost 24-12 to Rutgers and 20-19 to Utah Valley. The highlight for the Beavs against Rutgers was a dominating win by heavyweight Amavir Desi, ranked by number five uh, by Intermat over Billy Smith, who's ranked number seven. Now, Desi led 17-6 when the match was stopped with about seven seconds remaining after a fourth stall warning on Smith. Friggin' stallers. Now, the Beavs do return to action on December 4th through 5th at the annual Cliff Keen Las Vegas Invitational. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Sweet. All right, Beach. For Greg, we have some women's swimming. Senior Sammy Harrison. <sighs> women's swimming. Senior Sammy Harrison with a 1,650-yard freestyle with the second fastest time in school history to highlight multiple top 10 performances and lead the Oregon State swimming team to a sixth-place finish at the Phil Hansel Invitational held at the Campus Recreation and Wellness Center Natatorium on the campus of the University of Houston. Yeah, you don't hear the term natatorium very often anymore. No, the beef, the, there's an natatorium at Oregon State. Really? Yeah. Hey, so question for you. When it's, and you might not know this since it's swimming, too bad Greg's not on the line. Um, when it's a freestyle, does that mean you just go like hell with whatever move you want to do? I think technically, Beach, that's uh, the crawl stroke. The freestyle yeah. is? What you would call the is crawl stroke. Is that your fa- Okay. It's just your fastest way to move, move down the... Uh, the lane. Well, no, I think I think what they call freestyle is it's called a is what you would call a crawl stroke. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You don't you ever watch All the right. Olympics? Maybe. <clears throat> you know, I can't say that I do, Billy. I'm really bad. Okay. It doesn't intrigue yeah. me. Uh, it's, I'm, I'm, there's, there, there, there's no college football. That's true. The fi- the, so why would I care? Final, other than other than women's beach volleyball, that's the only one I would you know be glued to. The final tally for Oregon State was 703, just behind the 707.5 points compiled by fifth place Colorado State. Now Rice w- uh, won the Phil Hansen Invitational with 1,121.5 points. Harrison clocked a time of 16:21 flat to win the 16:50 free by over 11 seconds, recording her third victory of the weekend. The Henderson, Nevada native's time was also good enough to meet the NCAA D1B qualifying standards. The second event she accomplished that feat in after doing the same in the 300, excuse me, in the 500 free on Thursday. Wow, yeah, that's cool. 11 seconds is a hell of a. That's a, uh... that's a trouncing. It is. It really is. You know, normally you're you're going by you know tenths of a second to to win these matches. Yep. So she had time to she had time uh, to kill. Eat a cheese. Yeah, she could eat a cheese sandwich and still beat mm-hmm. the guy. So wash the Flintstones. All right. Exactly. All right. What's next? Uh, women's basketball. An explosive third quarter lifted the number seven Oregon State women's basketball team to an 86 to 65 win over UC Riverside Sunday afternoon at Gill Coliseum. The Beavs used a 16-0 run in the third quarter to outscore the Highlanders 23-12 in the frame. Oregon State held UC Riverside to a 31% shooting in the second half after the Highlanders had hit on 46.9% of their attempts in the opening frame. Now, junior Sidney Weiss posted an outstanding performance across the board, shooting 7-for-10 from the floor and 5-for-6 from three-point range on her way to a 22-point outing. 
The guard also filled the stat sheet, recording nine rebounds, five assists, two steals, and a block. Now, senior Ruth Hamblin hit, wow. yeah, senior Ruth Hamblin hit seven of her ten shot attempts and route to 16 points and six rebounds. Fellow senior guard Jamie Weisner tallied 14 points and five boards, while junior Gabriella Hansen finished with 12 points. Senior Devin Hunter pulled down seven rebounds and dished out four assists. As the team, the Beef shot 56.4% on the afternoon and had a 42-24 to 24 advantage in rebounds. Hmm. That's good. So the Beavs are now 3-0, and Beach. Awesome. Next up. Well, and I, I just, uh, the, the the five for six from the three-point range by that uh, Sydney Weiss is, or Weiss is pretty yeah, awesome. That's good. That's good. She's a hell of a uh, shooter. I mean, she set the uh, three-point record already, and she, this is just starting her junior year. Wow. Which one? I remember going to the game last year, and they did, like, little biographies on each one of them, and they all laughed because one girl walked around like a dinosaur half the time. Do you remember which one that, that was? That, that was, was Sydney Weiss. She walks around like a like oh, a T Rex. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. I, I will I will remember that from here on out. So Sydney's Sydney T Rex uh, Weiss has that. Hi, right, Beach. On All to right. men's basketball. Oregon State senior men's basketball player Gary Payton II was selected to the John R. Wooden Award preseason top 50, which was announced on ESPN Sports Center and on ESPN.com on Tuesday. Chosen by a preseason poll of national college basketball experts, the list is comprised of 50 student athletes who are the early front runners for college basketball's most prestigious individual honor. The players on the list are considered strong candidates for the 2016 John R. Wooden Award presented by Wendy's. The Wooden Award National Advisory Board will select 25 players to the midseason top 25 in early January. In early February, the John R. Wooden Award will announce one final leading candidate list, the late season top 20, prior to the selection of 15 players to the national ballot. Cool. Now, freshman center Drew Eubank scored 17 of his team high 19 points in the second half to lead Oregon State to a convincing 93 to 73 triumph over I can you can you need to take I, some water uh, there Billy you sound like you're gonna I die think this happens like every week <laughs> to a 93 to 73 triumph over Iona on last Tuesday night before a crowd of 4300 at Gill now Oregon State improved to 3 and 0 for the second year in a row under coach Wayne Tinkle with a 77 to 69 victory over Rice on Thursday night at the Tudor Fieldhouse then Senior guard Gary Payton had 19 points, 5 rebounds, 7 assists, and 6 steals to give the Beavs a sweep of the home-and-home series with the Owls. OSU won 67-54 in Corvallis last season in Tinkle's first game at OSU. Then on Saturday afternoon, Beach at the Thunderdome, which is a great name for a uh, basketball arena, Oregon State mm-hmm. defeated UC Santa Barbara 71-59 to to sweep a two-game road trip and remain unbeaten on the season. Now, with that win, the Beef started 4-0 for just the second time since 2000 after opening with two home wins and the 77-69 victory over Rice. Gary Payton II had another spectacular game for Oregon State, going 8-13 of from the field, including 3-4 for from beyond the arc, to score a game-high 21 points. He added seven rebounds, four assists, and two steals. The senior guard now has at least one steal in 35 consecutive games, just two short of the school record of 37 established by his father over the 89-90 and seasons. That being said, Beach, just tonight the Beavs played Valparaiso back at home in Gill. Now, they did end up losing the game by seven, but I did see Peyton record another steal. So he's up to 36. Cool. Well, it sucks that they lost, though, so they're no longer uh, 
Alondra. They were they were uh, one. Now they played Valparaiso, who was in the tournament last year, and have been for quite some time, and uh, they did lose by seven. Um, but that being said, this was what their fourth game in eight days, and two of those games were so on the, the road, one in Texas and one in California. So they're holding up well. Yeah, yeah, still still a good still a good uh, a good start to the young season. Good. So it's impre- it is, I mean, from the statistics that we're reading here, I, I think we should call him GP2. But um, Gary Payton II, is, uh, is he as good as he sounds? Well, you know what? When he was signed, he was actually signed by Craig Robinson's staff. And, you know, he had the name. You know, his dad is obviously Gary Payton. Yeah, Beave. exactly. And he was okay coming out of junior college out of Utah, but I don't really think he was anything – People weren't falling all over themselves, you know, to sign him. Mm-hmm. Now, last year he had an amazing season. and he, He's really exploded under Tinkle. Um, and things are even looking even better this year. So, you know, I think he's doing hmm. great. I'm impressed. So how long was he in a junior college? Two for? years. He had two years at a junior college okay. and two years at Oregon State. Did he have great issues, or did he just need to warm up? A I bit? just think he needed to work on his game a little bit. Like I said, even when he signed with Oregon State, it wasn't considered that big a thing. And now I think he's one of the leading players in the Pac-12. That's awesome. Oh. Cool. All right. Beach. Does he does he bounce pass? Uh, yeah, he does. Oh damn yeah. it! That, that, that was a Ralph Miller thing. Ralph Miller didn't like the bounce pass. But but oh, Beach. Okay. Beach is that the. Teletoper here behind you? Son of a bitch it is, Billy. Hold on one second. Hold on. Hold on. Billy. This just in. Eugene Airport reports thousands of canceled ticket reservations over the weekend. Beginning late Saturday night, all airlines at the Eugene Airport began receiving phone calls canceling reservations for flights to the L.A. region in late December. They are not sure what caused the massive reversal, but many call center employees believe it was a great loss as weeping could be heard in the background of almost every phone call. Really? 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 Are you following that at all? Do I have to draw you a picture? Uh, is it because Stanford won Nobody's and, and the Ducks aren't going to go to the Rose Bowl? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for them. Those poor, those poor bastards. You know, they probably had their tickets bought by September. Yeah. Shoot, some of them probably had it bought as early as like January. Yeah, those guys. Yep. So, but unfortunately, so cheap flights to LA uh, starting uh, starting for, out of Eugene uh, coming up because they've got a lot of uh, open seats. I bet they do. I bet they do. because I don't think a lot of Duck fans are going to be wanting to go to the Taco Bell Bowl this year. I think that's where they're going to go. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Sounds good though. We're seeing more things will be sussed out here in the next couple weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where, where do they come in? I mean, there's still, I guess, another game to play. Uh, we'll have to figure that out but, next uh, week, Beej. It's really hard to say right now. 
Okay. Um, so I was just curious on where their record currently stands in the Pac-12. Do you have the current standings for wins and losses just in general? Um, let me see here. I will look at the current. Well, here. We, what we need to do first is we need to go under further review for week number 12 in the Pac-12. After further review, the runner did cross the line. And Touchdown. Okay. All right, Beach. So let me. I'm gonna pull up here. I'm a little disappointed you didn't have a better reaction to my update from Eugene. I, I really searched high and low for that. That was a pretty one. good one. I thought it was good. I expected at least a laugh, maybe a chuckle. Well, part of it was I had my uh, I had my my mic on mute because I was trying to uh, get rid of these hiccups. Oh, so I was laughing okay. uncontrollably, but I just couldn't muted. hear. It. Yeah, it was just muted. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. So, all right. All right, Beach. So, um, all the games last week were on Saturday, November 21st. Now, heading okay. into the week, the standings were as follows. Kyle was in third place with 42 out of 74. I hate you, Kyle. Okay. I was in second place with 45 out of 74. And you were just a skosh ahead of me at 46 out of 74. All right, Beach. So first up was Arizona at Arizona State for the Territorial Cup. Ooh, this one was a tough one. I think I took Arizona State on this one, didn't I? No, you did not. You took Arizona. I took Arizona. Kyle and I took Arizona State. How'd that turn out for me, Billy? Good for you, Beach. Mike Bercovici threw for 315 yards and two touchdowns in his final home game, and Arizona State returned two interceptions for touchdowns in the fourth quarter to knock off rival Arizona 52 to 37 on Saturday. Now, Arizona State sputtered offensively early before reeling off a string of big plays to build a 21 point halftime lead. Now, Arizona did manage to claw its way back within a touchdown, but freshman Kareem Orr returned to interception 21 yards for a TD, and senior Lloyd Carrington put the stake in the Territorial Cup, returning another 38 yards for another score in the next series. Now, Devin Lucian had nine catches for 190 yards, and the duo of Kalen Ballage and Demario Richards combined for 225 yards rushing to help balance out Arizona State's offense. The Sun Devils finished with 565 total yards to become bowl eligible for the fifth straight season. So uh, that was a win for Kyle and I, and not a win for you. I suck. Okay. Next up, Beach, was Colorado at Washington State. I just want to clarify, it's not about who we want. It's about getting points. So who do you think is going to win? So I thought Washington State was going to win this one. Yes, all three of us did, which is good. Gabe Marks and Don Williams both had touchdown receptions, and Washington State beat Colorado 27-3 on Saturday night, despite quarterback Luke Falk suffering an apparent head injury. Now, Falk was taken off the field on a backboard with 8-16 left in the third quarter after being sacked by Samson Kafalova. Falk's head slammed against the turf on a below-freezing night on the Palouse, and he appeared to be knocked out. He was tended to on the field for seven minutes, and his face mask was removed, and he was immobilized as he was carted away. Falk did give two thumbs up and waved his hands as he left the field. Now, Falk's injury came a week after he was checked for a concussion against UCLA and passed protocol, allowing him to return in the second half. Yeah, I was going to say, that poor bastard's taking some hits here lately. Washington State quarterbacks tend to get the crap beat out of him. 
Now, is it because they're such a passing uh, dominated uh, I offense? I think so. Now, before getting hurt, Falk was 27 to 35 for 199 yards and a TD against the Buffaloes. When Falk returns, will be a lingering question as the Cougs have a shot, short turnaround before facing rival Washington in the Apple Cup this Friday. Now, Washington State won for the sixth time in seven games, reached the eight-win mark for the first time since 2003, and preserved hopes for just the sixth 10-win season in school history if the Cougs could beat Washington on Friday and win their bowl game. The Cougs closed out their home slate with a convincing victory after opening the season with a stunning home loss to Portland State. Hmm. So we don't know if Falk's so we don't know if Falk's gonna be back for the uh, uh, let me look here. I will see if they've got anything about it. Let's see if they got in oops. Because without Falk, I don't know if Washington State's got it in them. Uh, he's really made that team. He was so impressive, and, la- and not this week's, but the previous week's game. Let's see. This is out of CoogCenter.com. And let's see if it'll come up here. Uh, it says, if Luke Falk can't play, the Cougs will be fine. Um, yeah. Doesn't really say. Doesn't really say. This is more of a thing like, hey, don't worry, Cougar fans. Now here, let's see. Washington AD says quarterback Luke Falk is doing well. Luke Falk likely has a concussion, but doing really well. Yeah, it doesn't really say. Just says he has a concussion, but he's doing really, really well. So that's going to be hard for him to get back on the field oh, he's on got Friday. A, I, I was going to say concussion, it's a tough uh, – Anymore, yeah. Once you got one, it's a tough – yeah. Yeah. Okay, moving on. What's the next, next game, Next up is UCLA at Utah. <sighs> I think I took UCLA on this you one. You did, Beach, and Kyle and I both took Utah. How'd that turn out for me, Billy? Better, Beach. Josh Chosen Rosen threw for 220 yards and a TD as UCLA ended the Utes' Pac-12 title hopes 17-9 on Saturday. The Bruins seemed all but out of the Pac-12 race after back-to-back conference losses in early October. The Bruins could have been officially eliminated after a loss to Washington State two weeks ago, but losses around the conference kept coach Jim Morris' team alive. Now, the Bruins scored touchdowns on two long drives to start the first and third quarters, and that was enough against the short-handed Utes. Star running back Devontae Booker is out for the remainder of the season after having knee surgery last Thursday. The senior suffered a torn meniscus and bone bruise in his left knee last week against Arizona. Now, Rosen, UCLA's freshman star, completed 15 of 30 passes and had a 122.6 quarterback rating. He's now thrown a school record 218 consecutive passes without interception. Paul Perkins added 98 yards rushing and a touchdown while Jordan Payton had a game-high 105 yards receiving for the Bruins. Payton now holds a school record with 194 career receptions. Utah's Travis Wilson threw for 110 yards and rushed for 67, while Joe Williams, who took over for Booker, ran for 121. Wow. I think the most amazing thing out of there is the career receptions leader, at UCLA, Jordan Payton only has 194 career receptions. That just seems crazy to me because they've had some pretty good uh, 
receivers over the years, and that just doesn't seem like a lot. Hmm. Maybe, maybe they've just uh, spread it out a lot more. Yeah, I guess. It just, just seems like through the years they would have had someone with more catches in the career than that. But anyways. <clears throat> All right, Beach. So Beach gets the point Beach on that gets the one. point on that one. Up next, USC at Oregon. Pretty sure I took USC on this one. And so did I. Kyle. I hate you, Kyle. Kyle took Oregon. Oregon quarterback Vernon Adams threw for 470 yards and six TDs, the most ever for an opposing quarterback against USC, and the number 23 Ducks down the Trojans 48-28. to And that – I had to read that stat, right? And I was like, the most ever against a – for an opposing quarterback against USC, six touchdowns is the most ever in a game. Because I know for, thrown for six. Yeah, because I know Derek Anderson back in like 2004 threw for like almost or right around 500 yards against USC and still lost, oh. but he didn't throw for six. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, and then didn't didn't Oregon throw to didn't um, Adams throw to a different uh, receiver each time? Um, I'm not sure, but they did beat the Trojans right. 40 at the tourney. Now the Ducks have not dropped the game since Adams returned from a finger injury he sustained in the season opener against Asian Washington. It was his third game since coming back that he's thrown for 300 or more yards and at least four scores. Now Royce Freeman rushed for 147 yards. He's now gone over 100 yards in seven straight games for the Ducks. USC quarterback Cody Kessler completed 30 of 41 passes for 240 yards and two scores for USC. And in the end, they just couldn't hold up against Oregon's still pretty quick strike scoring offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I heard on the news though this morning he said he did throw to a different receiver for each one of those six could scores. Be, could be. So. So Kyle got the Wait. point on that one. Okay, Beach. Next up was Cal at Stanford. Battle of the Bay. Yep. The old uh, big game for the Stanford Axe. There you go. But we wouldn't want to cut down a tree because that would be bad. No, Stanford will cut down trees. Cal will just, have, okay Cal will just have hippies that sit in them. Yeah. Does Cal really want the Axe? Yeah, they're the ones that kept it so. originally. <laughs> oh, bad. <laughs> okay, anyway, go you on. Have? Let's talk about Who'd this. Who'd you have? Ooh, I think I picked Stanford on this yes, one. Yes, you did, actually. All three of us did, which is good. Stanford running back Christian McCaffrey ran around and threw the Cal defense on a 49-yard touchdown catch and also scored on a 98-yard kickoff return to help Stanford clinch a spot in the Pac-12 championship game wow. by winning the big game 35-22 on Saturday night. Now, McCaffrey ran for 192 yards and gained a school record 389 all-purpose yards in another highlight reel performance that gave the Cardinal their sixth straight win over the Golden Bears. Now, Remond Wright ran for two short touchdowns, and Bryce Love added 48-yard scoring run for Stanford, which clinched the Pac-12 North with the win. Jared, don't call me Jack, Goff threw for 386 yards and two touchdowns for the Bears, but settled for field goals three times in the red zone and fell short once again against their fiercest rifle. Now, McCaffrey was the biggest reason why breaking Glenn Melbourne's Stanford's all-purpose record of 379 yards set in the 1990 big game. Now, McCaffrey has a school record nine straight 100-yard rushing games, has topped 300 yards all-purpose yards four times this season, and needs just 444 all-purpose yards to break Barry Sanders' single-game 
FPS record of 3,250 right. set in 1988. Single season. Yes. You said single game. So, single sorry, season single record season. of 3,250. That's okay. So so can he get 444 more yards? Well, um, the yes, because he has – he needs – well, I mean, he could get hurt on the first play from scrimmage and then no. But he's got um, the game this week against Notre Dame. Okay. He's got a game the week after that for the Pac-12 championship game. Plus, he's got a bowl okay. game. Okay. So, three games, yes, he has a very good shot of doing that. That being gotcha. said, I, I would okay. like to see Barry Sanders' single-season FBS record of 3,250. I'd like to see how many games he played that year. That That's what I was going to say. It's not quite fair when you're looking at, well, you know, it almost has to be game for and, game. And there was a certain season there. Where well, it's still going to be a record, although you got to remember it's more games. And there was a there was a time when they didn't add bowl game stats into regular season stats. Gotcha. So uh, they don't they add it in now. They do now, but they used to not to. Okay, Beach. So we all got the win on there. Alrighty, Beach. And the final game of the season was Washington at Oregon State. That was like the best tailgater of the season. We will talk about that here in a second. Oh, there was something more than the tailgater? Yes, because there was a game. Do you remember who you took? As always, I took my beavers. Proud. Proudly, I took my beavers. Well, Beach, Washington scored the game's first 52 points as freshman quarterback Jake Browning threw four TD passes, and the Huskies scored on their first six possessions. The Huskies kept their bowl hopes faintly alive. They can now become bowl eligible with a win next Friday against Washington State. At 6-6, UW would probably be searching for an at-large bowl berth as the Pac-12 already has nine bowl eligible teams with seven contracted bowl berths. Now, Washington tied a school record with a 28-point first quarter. The Huskies outgained Oregon State 482-257 in total yardage. Browning completed 18 of 20 passes for 211 yards. Now, Brandon Linus caught two TD passes, while running back Miles Gaskins had 23 carries for 127 yards. The Husky defense also had two takeaways. The Beavs lost their eighth consecutive game. Now, Oregon State quarterback Nick Mitchell, who returned to action after getting knocked out of last Saturday's game at Cal, missed his first seven passes when he was replaced in the second quarter by Marcus McMarion. Now, McMarion finished the game, completing 8 of 16 passes for 109 yards and a TD. Victor Bolden caught 5 passes for 52 yards and OSU's lone touchdown. And just not a great game. You know, I do have to say, so uh, talking to a customer of mine today at work, he was saying, he asked me about the game and stuff, and I said, you know, I, I just don't feel the the beeves showed up. I said, you know, in the previous games we've lost... I feel like the first half got a, got away from us, and then the second half the Beavs really buckled down, and the second half was made they made a game out of it. This game, not at all. And what was funny was I I said you know I said and we haven't won a Pac-12 game, and and he says well there's always next week, and he said he's a Washington fan, and he says and he says you didn't go 0 and 12, <laughs> which is exactly what I was saying the other day, wasn't it? Exactly. It cracked me up. He's like, at least you didn't go 0-12 because I lived through that season. That's, you can live through that, this. That's exactly <laughs> what I was saying at the uh, game on oh. Saturday. I was like, you know what? 
Yeah. At least we're not the Huskies who went 0-12 in 2008. <laughs> and they don't forget it either, so that's good. Nope, nope, nope. Brought that program down a lot on the uh, arrogance mm-hmm. scale. So, anyways. So, B, just talk about the Pac-12 and the polls. Uh, the AP poll- Okay, well, let, 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 are we going to recap our scores? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So after last week, with one week remaining in the final seat in the regular season, Kyle is still mm-hmm. in third place, but picking up some ground. He's at 46 out of 80. I'm still scratching right behind you at 48 out of 80, and you are at 49 out of 80. Kyle had a good week. Yeah, he did. He kind of, you know, he's, he's not, he, yeah, he's not out of touch, but he could be like me last year. Remember last year, it was no matter what I did, I got screwed. Yeah, you were done. I, I. Yeah, I was done before we began. So because of the way we picked our teams. So all right, Beach. And is it is is this our last week of picks? Well, we or got, we are we taking? We got it? this week, and then we've got the the final the final game, the Pac-12 championship game. Okay. All right, Beach. So the Pac-12 in the polls and the AP poll. Stanford is at number thirteen. Oregon is at eighteen. Washington State at twenty. UCLA at twenty-two. And Utah and USC are in the others receiving votes category. In the USA Today coaches poll, Stanford is in a tie for number 12. Oregon is at 18. Washington State at 20. UCLA at 23. Utah at 25. And USC is in the others receiving votes category. And, Beige, since we are sitting right here, why don't I pull up, since it's Tuesday instead of Monday when we normally record, I can pull up the football... You know, one of my one of my little bugs here is the fact that Oregon's number 18 and Washington State is number 20, and at this point, Washington State has a better record than Oregon. Yep. So this isn't really a scientific poll. It just pretty much says who's who's preferred. Yeah. This is like voting for prom queen right here. Okay, Beach. Doesn't give a damn. It's just as long as whoever's got the biggest knocker. Right, and you know, Oregon's full with a lot of boobs. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, they are. So here are the current college football playoff rankings. So the top four, where if they were to do the the um, the uh, playoffs today, your top mm-hmm. four would be Clemson at number one, Alabama at two, Oklahoma at three, and Iowa at number four. Okay. Now, uh, is there any teams that are getting screwed? Um. Not really that I can see. I mean, Iowa, here they are 11-0 and and fourth, but they'd still be in it, and that's what matters. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's pretty good. Your team's just out of it. You've got um, Michigan State at 10-1, and who still has to play in the uh, um, Big Ten championship game. Iowa still has to play Nebraska this week. Notre Dame's at number six, and they've got to play Stanford. Baylor's at nine and one. They still got two games to play. Ohio State fell way the hell out of it. They're all the way down to eighth. And the first Pac-12 gate team is Stanford at number nine. I do not know if it's possible for them to play their way in at this point. Mm-hmm. They do have two games. One's against Notre Dame, so they need a bunch of teams to start falling above them. Yeah, to possibly pull their way up. Um. Oregon is in at number 17. Uh, Washington State is in at number 20. UCLA at 22. Utah at 23. Okay. There you go. 
All right. And the Pac-12 standings right now. Let's see. Overall, you've got Stanford at nine and two. You have Oregon at Washington State, both at eight and three, but six and two in the Pac-12. Your next team up, you've got USC at seven and or Utah at eight and three, but five and three in the Pac-12. Then you've got USC at or uh, oh, okay, you got UCLA and Utah at eight and three and five and three in the Pac-12. USC at seven and four, five and three in the Pac-12. And then you've got Cal at six and five, Washington at five and six, Arizona State at six and five. Arizona at six and six, and then you got Colorado at four and eight, and Oregon State at two and nine. So, so, so uh, Stanford's locked it up, and Oregon going to go anywhere from number two to number five. Somewhere in there, yeah. Depending on if they win yeah. or lose, and, the, <clears throat> and who who wins the UCLA USC game will decide who wins the South. Okay. So, anyways, all righty. Okie doke. All right, Beach. Well, it's now time for the Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. <laughs> jackass of the Week Award. Every week, we like to discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. Well, Beach, this one doesn't go to a person, it goes to a whole student section. Okay. The whis- I clicked on. Did you click on the link? I'm clicking on the link. Is there a video or just? It should a- be a video. Mal Beach, it was cold on Saturday afternoon, so maybe members of Wisconsin's football student section needed something to keep the blood flowing, or perhaps they were simply bored with the on-field action. The Badgers were blanked at halftime. Whatever the case, Beach, the students began pelting the team's own cheerleaders with snowballs during the first half in an incident that quickly grew out of control. Badgers cheerleaders standing behind the end zone were forced to exit the field through a tunnel. They returned in the second half and stood on Wisconsin's sideline instead. Now, the city absorbed its first snowstorm of the season over the weekend with six to eight inches of snow blanketing the area. The Camp Randall Stadium field was cleared before number 25 Wisconsin played number 20 Northwestern, but plenty of snow remained in the bleachers. Students apparently found their own way to clear it. Now, the school, however, wasn't going to tolerate any more inappropriate behavior from its students and began tweeting out warnings of police citations and ejections. Wow. And my thing, Beege, is how stupid is this? You're chucking snowballs from who knows how high and how far away, hitting a bunch mm-hmm. of cheerleaders on the field. And chances are, if you're doing that, you're probably got some really hard you're snowballs. You're having to pack the hell out of it. Exactly, which means they're going to be painful by the time well, they hit and somebody. Just think if you could give, you could knock somebody out. You, oh, hell you, you could, could really, yeah. really hurt somebody. And it's yeah. just, especially some poor little girls that, that are probably underdressed anyway for the snowstorm. Yeah. And it's just. I just saw that and I was like, how sad that they have to go to their, their, yeah, yeah. Sad that they have to go to their opponent's sideline to protect themselves. They were on their sideline, 
But okay. they just went and, and stood behind the – they were in the end zone. They just moved to the sideline, stood behind the team. Gotcha. Gotcha. It's just stupid. I, I just – you know, I, I have a lot of respect for the Wisconsin fans, but that's just stupid. That's just well, stupid you, college kids not thinking about that, the, the that, you know, the results of their actions. As mom always said, oh, you know, can't dance and it's too wet to plow. Yeah. What else are you going to do in Wisconsin? And I guess. Yeah. So for that Wisconsin student section, you get this week's. <laughs> Jackass of the Week Award. All righty, Beach. It's now time for a little Guns N' Roses musical interlude. Now, we never. Ooh, who we. Well, we never we discussed who we were going to play or what song we yeah. were going to play this week. But I think there's only one song that makes any sense. What song is this, Billy? What week is this, Beach? Civil War week. So are we going to play Civil War? So here is Guns N' Roses, Civil War. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Some men you just can't reach. So you get what we had here last week, which is the way he wants it. Well, he gets it. I don't like it any more than you do. Look at your young men fighting. Look at your women crying Look at your young men dying The way they've always done before Wall of the sea. 
What's so civil about war anyway? Ah, great song, Beach. Now that's a song that you know, and great intro to that, great great intro to that song as mm-hmm. well. Well, and that's a song that that uh, Guns N' Roses played in concert for a long time before they ever recorded it, put it on an album. Really, yeah, they, they played it in a long time. So when they actually said they were putting it on the Illusion albums, people were excited because they've been playing it in concert for quite a while. Oh, that's yeah. cool. I, I just like the the cool Han Luke introduction to oh, that. Oh yeah, song. oh yeah, it's always good. So, yeah, and I, so one of my favorite movies, probably. Well, not my at least in my top ten, my favorite Shawshank, but uh, cool Han Luke's right up yep. there. So, all right, Beach. Anyway, and you know, and I I also think it shows Guns and Roses' different side because you know people who don't know Guns and Roses are used to the harder stuff like Welcome to the Jungle. You know, you throw patience in there, but Civil War is really a different one. Mm-hmm. No, it is. So, it is. Yeah. All right, Beach. So. It is time to go on to week thirteen and our picks for week thirteen in the Pac-12. Now, now okay. Kyle says we need to come up with a uh, a musical, like a little snip, little clip to run uh, before th- this this um, segment. And he was he he sent me a clip for a segment from uh damn it i just lost it the wizard of oz where uh professor marvel says you know let me look at my crystal you sound thoroughly unimpressed by that i do but that's all right well i i i i I hear you talk about the wizard of oz and as i can picture his flying monkeys so sorry yeah, I understand. But anyway, so we're, we'll come up with something. I kind of like that idea. I got to try and find it and uh, and clip it and edit it and get it all prettied up. And we'll see what we can do. But if we don't have it this this season, we will definitely have it for next season. Yeah, we should maybe we should do some background music to while we do this whole thing too. Oh, okay. Well, well, so, Kyle. You know, not not like Jeopardy music, but you know that kind of background yeah. music. Well, Kyle said he he sent me an email and it said. Really? Did the season go by that fast? My picks have been so bad this season because I've been using unreliable methods for selecting teams. But this week, science is on my side. Ooh, maybe, so maybe, gonna, maybe, he's we, gonna maybe pull we should like, play Blinded Me with Science. There you go. I'm there playing you go. it right now. You know, um, <laughs> the uh, this reminds me, I was listening. Well, we were talking about this the other day with uh, what are those betting, the fantasy football. Oh, yeah, FanDuel uh, stuff. Yeah, and all that where we're only like the the one percent screw all the rest of the people. Uh-huh. So is Kyle using his fan fan duel uh, uh, science and and math to figure out who's going to win and who's going to lose in this? Not one? at all. Actually, Kyle continues. I have become an expert in fre- fren frenology. Freno freno frenology. I think that's how you pronounce it. Phrenology. P H R E N O L O G Y. It's a pseudoscience primarily focused on measurements of the human skull. 
based on the concept that the brain is the organ of the mind and that certain brain areas have localized specific functions or modules. And Kyle says I, uh, he's become this, an expert through a correspondence school. Then I visited each university where I studied the cranium of key personnel. After developing an awesome spreadsheet in Excel, I bring you my results. Wow. Okay, so we're going to go on here. Uh, first up, Beach. Okay. Gotta write these down here. First up, Beach. Washington State at Washington in the old Apple Cup. Oh, the old Apple Cup. You know, I, I would have taken Washington State. But with the fact that Falk probably isn't going to play. Because you can't with a concussion. I, I don't see how they're going to allow him to play. And Washington needs this dang win to become bowl eligible. I mean... I, I, I'm thinking Washington, and it's at Washington to beat to boot. So I'm going with Washington. I think the Huskies will win. Okay. Well, Kyle says both te- both these teams have highly developed hope areas, but Wazoo undeveloped destructiveness leads me to a systemic self destruction that will turn the win over to the Huskies. So in other words, so what he's saying is he thinks the same. He thinks thing. they're going to cook it. <laughs> they're going to cook it. I'm getting. Ah, beach, 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 beach. Beach, 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 beach. I'm going with Wazoo. You're gonna, th- you're gonna take Wazoo. You're gonna try to. You're, you're trying to get out there because you want to try to take me in the points. No, not at all. I think Wazoo's going to win. Really? Yeah. You think their second string's going to come in, or do you think their quarterback's going to actually play? I think they're going to have great production out of the quarterback position. Okay, Beach. next up is the Oregon State at Oregon game, but we will save that for the final prediction. So next up, okay. all the rest of these games are on November 28th, Saturday. First up, Colorado at Utah. In the we got added to the Pac-12 last bowl game. <laughs> we got no rivals other than yeah. each other. Um, I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take Utah on that one. You just go on Utah. Kyle says Utah has dominant areas of wonder and individuality, while Colorado leads towards caution. Utah wins. I too am taking Utah because I think. Colorado's just not that good. <laughs> Next up, Beach in the battle for LA and the victory bell, UCLA at USC. Whenever I think of the victory bell, I always think of that one school where they beat on the bell, but the guy who stands there looks like he's beating something else. What, what game was that? I don't remember. I just remember seeing the guy beating he's on the beating bell, the and you can't, and you can't see what he's beating on. But he's taking that right hand, and he's just cranking that right hand up and down and up. And down. <laughs> oh, I wish we had a. You know, too bad we can't put this. I, you know, I'd like to say, oh, check out our Facebook page for this one because that one's funnier than hell. I can't remember the school though, but I always think of that when I think of the victory bell. Mm-hmm. Rank on that victory bell like a mofo, man. Uh, <clears throat> 
Okay, sorry, sidetracked. Um, uh, God, this is a tough game. Mm-hmm. UCLA, that's uh, that's uh, Chosen Rosen, mm-hmm. right? I think UCLA will win that one. Okay. Kyle says, USC, while hampered by a tendency to falter when times get tough, will get this win. I am going to take UCLA. Okay. Up next, Beach. Notre Dame at Stanford. I think uh, I think Stanford's going to kill him at the farm. Okay. Kyle says, big brains abound, but with Notre Dame having a particularly enlarged veneration veneration area, but Stanford gets the win. What the hell is that? I don't know, but it sounds like you probably need a shot to cure it. Look it up here. Is that a venereal disease? You didn't, did you hear about the chart while we're waiting? Did you hear about the Charlie Sheen video huh. today? Oh my gosh! Okay, you might have to bleep some of this out, but it was in okay, the news. Okay, veneration. So totally legit. Oh. Or veneration of saints is the act of honoring a saint, a person who has been identified as having a high degree of sanctity or holiness. Is Kyle veneration. Catholic? I don't know. It's, okay. Anyway, um, hey. Um, so. So anyway, oh, I'll break into my little Charlie Sheen thing. So it's like this this more comes out about Charlie Sheen. So we know he's got HIV <clears throat> and he was being extorted, right? The, he said he was being shaken down for money for people to keep mm-hmm. him silent. Well, they weren't just shaken down for money to keep silent for coming out that he has HIV. He was paying him money so they wouldn't release a video. And this video shows him smoking crack cocaine and giving oral sex to a dude. And the dude who filmed it was demanding the money. And I guess Charlie Sheen paid a million dollars to buy the rights to the video. But ultimately, a copy's made its way out and is now going public. Really? Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. And not not only the video, you're watching the video? No, 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 no. No. I'm just on on uh, NBCnews.com and saying. So anyway, and it also said that they just did some really sick and twisted things in this video on top of that. Yeah. So they said uh, Charlie Sheen is he's got some issues. Oh, I think we all kind of know that anyway. Yeah. This yeah. Tw- 2011, isn't that so. back when it was like kind of falling off the deep end anyway? I, I think it is. I mean, I think his life went to crap right all at the same time. I mean, I think he must have gone into like a massive depression and, you know, maybe not bipolar, but messed up. Wow. Yep. yep wow. Yep. Didn't that, see that one coming. That's what he said. Yeah, pretty much. That's horrible beast. <laughs> That was so bad. That was so bad. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. (laughs) So. Okay. So we're all taking Stanford. Well, times are tight. How tight are they? 
They're so tight we have to <laughs> the dog just to feed God the cat. Now I, gotta, now I gotta bleep that. Oh, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> There's certain visuals you just can't get out of your mind. <laughs> okay, Beach. We've got two games left here. We have Arizona State at oh. Cal. Oh, golly. Um... Oh, I think Cal's going to take that one. Okay, we're just going Cal. Kyle says the independent nature, a.k.a. hippie, of Cal leads them to falter here at the end. Arizona State wins. So he's taking Arizona State. I, too, am taking Arizona State. I just wow. think Cal isn't as good. They started out like their hair was on fire, but they're just not that great. Arizona State's got an okay defense, too. So that's where I think we're good. All right, Beach. Back, back to the Oregon and State finally, game. the Oregon-Oregon State game. Who are you taking? Oregon State, baby, all the way. Okay. I, too, am taking Oregon State. And, Beach, this is what Kyle has to say. He wanted me to read this last, so you ready? Okay. Oregon State is full of some of the most perfect well-rounded brains I have ever examined. No get data was gathered for the University of Oregon due to a scheduling conflict with Phil's Knight's proctologist. Go Beavs! Nice. Do you get that? I do get that. They couldn't look at their brains because there was a scheduling conflict with Phil Knight's proctologist. Mm -hmm. Because their heads were so far up their asses. <laughs> Phil Knight. Yes. Anyways, I like that, Kyle. That was a good one. So uh, we've got a couple differences there. We could get some, some movement. Yes. We could get some movement there. All right, Beach. All righty. All right. Well, Beach, let's talk about let's talk about that Washington tailgater. First of all, okay. we've got an update for the Oregon Beef Council. Yes, yes, after a little tirade that we went off on exactly. last week. So, so last week, for those of you that might remember, we had a little uh, issue with with the um, Oregon Beef Council. And mm -hmm. uh, we kind of thought they uh, needed to get out and check some different tailgates and different lots. Th there are some fantastic tailgaters around the university and they never get past a block past the, uh, right there the, in the, main the parking lot itself. Right there in the main stadium lot. Yeah. And so if you don't got your name on, if you don't got your name attached to the, uh, to the curb that you paid $10,000 for, they're not going to see you. Now we, we decided that we started hammering out. I posted tons of pictures of us cooking beef and eating beef at tailgaters. Um, people were liking it and kind of hammering their Facebook page and then Beach, mom took the bull by the horns and emailed the Oregon Beef Council. Exactly. And said, why don't you get your asses out to 15th and Western well, once in a while? Well, not even that, but just, you know, what's up with that? So they emailed mm -hmm. mom back. And the email said, hi, Kathy. Thank you for the heads up at where you are tailgating and cooking that, quote, quote darn good beef. I'm sure it is wonderful to explain why we do not see us is we are limited in the lots we visit because of using Benny and the film crew. They are on a tight schedule. For writing us and giving us a comment, I would like 
to choose you to give a beef tailgating package. We love that you are looking for us. I cannot put on the Jumbotron, but message me and your contact info, and I will mail you a tailgating package from the Oregon Beef Council. Go Beeves. Looking forward to hearing from you, Julie Hoffman. So that's cool. So it's still kind of yeah. crap that they can't get out there on a really tight schedule. You know what? We're out there at 7 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. we got all the time in the world, Oregon Beef Council. Mm-hmm. Anyways. But uh, so hopefully we'll see what we get. When we get it, we'll, we'll post pictures of, of what the Oregon Beef Council sends us. But Beach, great tailgater. It was a great tailgate. about 90 sandwiches. You deep fried the hell out of stuff. Did you I did. cook all those? Uh, I didn't even see. Did you cook all those uh, churros? Yes, all the churros went, and they were popular, yeah, too. You have to do more of those next year. Crazy yeah. popular. Yeah, and they're pretty yeah. easy. And, man, you were just cooking the hell out of stuff. I had sandwiches going like crazy. I used every last bit of, of steak we had for cheesesteaks. Um, it was great. Perfect tailgater. We didn't have any rain. Yeah. It was cold, but it was clear. So, great tailgate. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What did you think? Um, you know, I thought it was good. You know, uh, we've we've done bigger tailgaters for a Philly Cheesesteak Day mm-hmm. before. But, you know, with the fact that the Beavs aren't having the, the best season, there wasn't – I mean, there was a lot of empty seats in the stadium this last yeah. – uh, last game and that's unusual considering normally when washington plays oregon state uh they oftentimes sell that stadium out just because washington uh the huskies travel the huskies aren't doing that great either but uh yeah i was gonna say the the husky uh the huskies weren't there as very thick as they were in the past and oregon state fans definitely weren't no so which is sad because it was such a great day for a football game perfect day so in in november yeah Mm -hmm. in november so We'll be, but yeah, great but, time. Uh, Lots anyway, of people. No, it, was, it, was good. it was a good, a I thought we up. had good uh, tailgating season this year. Yeah, no, I thought it was. I thought when I thought our menu was pretty varied up. So people got a nice choice and selection. So we definitely don't, uh, we don't bore them with, uh, with the same food every yeah. week. And I have to say, dude, you know, if the, if the team played half as good as we tailgate, they'd be like nine and two right now. Totally. Totally. Anyways. So. All righty. Anything else you want to add to the final about the final tailgater of the season? Uh, you know, I, I almost wish we could have just one yeah, more. It was great. I had a lot yeah, of fun. I, one one down one in Pasadena would that would have been great. That's my dream, Beach. That's my dream. Take the tailgater down, park it out there on the golf course, and set up a big ass tailgater. Are you allowed to tailgate? Yes, on the but golf we couldn't course? take the trailer. Oh, okay. But if we took two trucks and some stuff, we could do that. Okay. Yep. Well, that that'd work. Okay, next year that'll be our. Let's hope so, Beach. All right, Beach. Well, let's finish up this show with a little bit of Rosie Ruiz, Cheaters and Horrors. She's just a girl. She's a ball. She's a ball. Yes. Hold on here. So, let's see what I got going on here. Here's a little help from a gentleman named Chris Young who gave me some inspiration for this one. So, cheater and whore. More like a whore, but not – he's just just an overrated whore, you know? Somebody you pay a lot of money to and you just don't get value out of. So, really, eh, that's a whore, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, anyway. then, there's, then you've always got a cheap whore. They just kind of choke on the big one. Yeah, this this – well, he's just an overrated whore. Joseph William 
Joe Namath. Born May 31st, 1943, nicknamed Broadway okay. Joe or Joe Willie. I don't Willie. know where you're going with this, but I am so with you. Have you ever okay. heard me talk about this? I, I think you've mentioned it a couple times, but I'll go into okay. it here All in right, detail. Right. So he's a former American football quarterback, and they use the term actor. Playing a part on the Brady Bunch and the Love Boat does not constitute being an actor, okay? Anyway. He did an episode of The Simpsons, He played called. God. And then he told some gal when he was drunk that he wanted to kiss her. So anyway, he played college football for the University of Alabama under coach Paul Bear Bryant from 1962 to 1964 and for the AFL and the NFL uh, in the 60s and 70s. Quite possibly the most overrated quarterback of all time to ever be put in the Hall of Fame. So throughout his third. That's what I've been saying for years. Yeah. Throughout his 13-year career with the New York Jets, Namath threw more interceptions, 220, than touchdowns, 173. He averaged 17 interceptions a year, and he eclipsed 25 20 five times in his career. Hall of Fame coach Bill Walsh stated that Namath was the most beautiful, accurate, stylish passer with the quickest release I've ever seen. Namath averaged a remarkably low completion percentage of 50.1 throughout his career. He also completed fewer than 50% seven seasons through his career, throughout his career. Um, So it really doesn't stand up to Bill Walsh's statement. After going over his touchdowns, interceptions, and completion percentage, I would imagine his quarterback rating was drained into the sewers as well. Don Shula stated that Namath was one of the three smartest quarterbacks of all time. Namath doctored up an astonishing 65.5 quarterback rating. Broadway Joe had a hard time winning games as well. He played in 129 games and only won 62. His 48% career winning percentage also included only 16 fourth quarter comebacks. Namath led the league in passing yards three times in 66, 67, and 72 in his career, while throwing more interceptions, 76, than touchdowns, 64, in those seasons combined. He also only threw for a career total of 27,663 passing yards, averaging just over 2,100 yards a season, and led the league in interceptions four times during his career. In the five years he made the Pro Bowl, Namath recorded a total of 98 interceptions. I mean, the man just liked to throw to the other team. Um, If another football team was dumb enough to let Ryan Leaf play a full career, Joe Namath probably wouldn't be able to hold the the one-time number one draft picks jock. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not really sure how you let someone into the Hall of Fame when he only averaged 10 games a year throughout a 13-year career. Maybe Broadway Joe was elected because he made the famous guarantee win over great Johnny Unitas. As far as I'm concerned, that is not a reason to be in the Hall of That's Fame. That's what I. His little. Uh, yep. Yeah, his little promise to Johnny Unitas, and and I mean this is where John Don Shula is going to be sidetracked, is because he guaranteed that they were going to win over the uh, the Colts in the Super Bowl, and they ended up winning sixteen to seven, which was somewhat unheard of for an AFL team to beat an NFL. Yeah, well, it was the first time it happened. Uh, yeah, but, but also too, like I said, Beach, I completely agree with you on this, and there's so many people that are older than us that think Joe or Joe Namath was this phenomenal quarterback. He sucked. 
No, he really did. I mean, all of his numbers point that every, I mean, there are so many other quarterbacks out there that have better winning percentages, better win, you know, just wins over losses, not even just percentages, but I mean, substantial numbers of wins over yep. him. And really the only thing that he did was he, he was good at marketing himself. Exactly. And he shot his mouth off one time where he didn't screw it up enough and the team helped him win. Exactly. Anyways. Exactly. So, but he did, uh, anyway, and then, uh, you know, he had a whole, uh, I don't know if you ever knew this. Um, he got into trouble with the uh, NFL for owning a bar. Did yeah, you know I that? Did. And Namath opened a popular Upper East Side bar called Bachelors 3, which became associated with criminals really? to protect the lead's to protect the league's reputation, NFL commissioner at the time, Pete Rozelle, ordered Namath to divest himself of the interest in the bar. Namath refused, retiring from football during a very uh, during a teary news conference, but eventually agree, agreed to divest, uh, divest his interest and reported to the Jets. Huh. Did you know that? that? So he retired brief. He retired briefly because he refused to sell a really crappy bar, and then ultimately realized probably that was a really crappy bar. So then he decided to divest himself anyway, and he joined the Jets back. So he didn't quite do the um, oh, what's his face, uh, retiring five times before you actually retire fully. But uh, uh, Brett yeah. Favre, but kind of kind of got and, there. And, and half the anyway. hard rock rock acts from the eighties. We're done. Yeah, no, wait, we're exactly. not. We're done. No, wait, we're not. We're done. No, wait, we're not. Yeah, which goes back to being a whore, <laughs> correct? Yeah. Just doing it for the money, baby. Exactly. So anyway, yeah, he, uh, I, I, I just, everything, you know, yeah. Ego does not make a great player. I agree. So actually some of the guys, you know, that's the. That's where they talk about they talk about boxers nowadays, and they said, you know, boxing has become such a show. Uh, back before the it became such like a stare down and all that kind of crap. Boxers actually used to box, but now it's all about the show, mm-hmm. and and uh, and the talent has uh, gone by the yep. wayside. So, and I think it all started with Broadway Joe. There you, so there you go. Alrighty, <laughs> Beach. I completely agree with you. There's going to be some people that wholeheartedly disagree, but they're wrong. Exactly. So there you go. There you go. Well, prove it. Prove it with some statistics. Prove prove that he was actually really, really good, because the statistics all show that he mm-hmm. wasn't. So, okay. Well, what else we got, Billy? Are well, we done for the I night? think that's all. Unless you have anything else to add? Uh, nothing. Nothing other than uh, you know I got to put in my plug for my campaign. If you're in District One uh, in Oregon. Be a fan of uh, Brian Heinrich for the 1st Congressional District of Oregon on Facebook. Uh, be a fan of Brian J. Heinrich. I think it's or Brian Heinrich at, or at Brian Heinrich on Twitter. And uh, you can check out some of my thoughts and uh, views at uh, HeinrichForOregon.org. So see if I can't uh, win the Republican primary in May and go on to uh, maybe serve the people of Oregon on our nation's capital. Geez, speaking of horror... Hey. <laughs> I, I don't I don't have an advertising budget. This is all I got. Well, there you go. So there you go. All right, Beach. Well, just uh, one thing before we go here, Beach, I just want to say that we will you and I will be heading down for 
Civil War on Friday. Yes, people look for us on TV. We'll be wearing black and orange. That's right. That's right. We'll be down there rooting on our beeves because we yeah. always do. When, yeah, one of those two colors Oregon has not used no, yet. Do, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, I want to thank everybody for listening to show number 71 of Illegal Participation. If you'd like to comment, send a suggestion, or ask a question, there's a few ways to get in touch with us. HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at HeinrichTailgator. Also, check us out on Facebook. Remember, you can listen and subscribe to us on iTunes. If you do, please leave a rating and review. Also, remember, you can listen to us on your iPhone or Android device with the Stitcher Radio app. Beach. It's been great. Billy. Day, day, a day late, but it's, it's still fun. pretty good. Next week will be show number 72, the last week of the regular season. And uh, we'll come back and do this again. Sound good? Yes, sounds awesome, All right. Well, this week, more than ever, it's a great big Go Beeves. Beach, Billy. Hey, you're awake today. I am. I'm sorry about that, dude. That's okay. I, I completely forgot, and then being sick over the weekend and dude, when all you the said other you crap. Were sleeping, that's why I was like, dude, sleep. <laughs> sleep. Hold on. There we go. Okay, I've got an update from Eugene. Cool. If my eyes can stay focused, I've got a. Uh, I've got a. Uh, Nice, nice. So, and I'm opening up the podcast here. Got a haircut tonight, took a shower. Nice. Had all the valves opened up. It was pretty awesome. Nice. Guess what I finally framed? What did you finally frame? My doctorate. Nice. 21 years later. Yeah, mine's been framed for a long time. <laughs> 21 years later, and I framed it. Sweet. I also framed my autographed Sherman Brothers picture. Oh, sweet. you have one of those? I don't think so. Didn't you buy the Sherman Brothers music, um, their book that came out? I don't know if I ever did or not, Billy. Really? Huh. It's called Waltz Time? No, never did. Hmm. Well, I wonder how I bought it and you didn't. I don't know.
But it came with an autographed Sherman Brothers photograph, like an 8x10. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Which is cool since one of them is no longer able to sign autographs. Yeah. <clears throat> Anyways. Okay, we ready? I am. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, I can hear that paper rustling. You ready? Yep. <laughs> 